Hi there, I'm Birgit O'Connor and welcome to the World of Watercolor Painting podcast. Now today I'm going to let you eavesdrop in one of my meetings where we're talking about painting white flowers, what to do with brushstrokes, how to build confidence, what is painterly versus artistic. We talked a little bit about light versus dark and how light can be safe and dark is a little scary. So I hope you join us and let's have some fun. I love your comments. You always find something to say that surprises me. Oh, um, really? (laughs) I got a little crazy with my brush strokes because I I think that's true. So um, I'm just enjoying it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, so what part do you think that you're crazy? And then, um, and I happen to change your mind on that. Um, You said that my brush strokes always seem very interesting because they're kind of loose. And the funny thing is that um, a lot of the times when you see my brush strokes, it's because things went wrong and I haven't reworked it, you know, but I, I do like, I did paint a lot loosely. I mean, before I tried to start training myself to get better, it, it is my MO. A lot of people say I have that wild flair. Hmm, I like that. Well, you know what? I was looking at a comment from somebody. It was one of the comments on that was painterly versus artistic. And when you're talking about um, the brushstrokes, it makes me think of like when we're trying to be perfect, I think that we want to have skills. We want to be able to know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and really explore those happy accidents that happen. But also, We don't want to necessarily just be a technician. We want to be artistic. And that's where the life experience comes in and allowing that stroke to come out, the freedom of letting that stroke. So you're doing great. Thank you. And you know, just if you don't know this already, if you have a comment, I'll go off into another direction. (laughs) I'll think about it. Thanks. Um, I've just enjoyed it. Um, I'm a little frustrated because I want to be really loose. And I don't seem to be getting as loose as I want. And um, I have a tendency to paint very lightly. And I'm afraid to paint dark. I painted a really dark background on the one that I sent for you to critique. And I really wasn't happy with it. But you seem to like it, I think. But I don't know. I'm just, I just want, I'm a wannabe artist. I want to be an artist. (laughs) I love what you said. I just love what you said. And it's interesting. Um, You mean, so first of all, as far as getting loose, you mean you didn't get it right, right off the first time, right off the bat? You weren't perfect? Is that what you're saying? No. Um, Believe me, I know I'm not perfect. Uh, I don't want to be perfect. Yeah. I just want to flow. Perfect is boring. um, Honestly, I think perfect is boring. You know, we want character in there. So you know what? And then also when it comes to the dark backgrounds, dark backgrounds. So being light, like um, again thinking about what I was uh, thinking about this morning is uh, painter versus um, uh, uh, whatever I said, artist, right? And then light and dark, fear and Uh, safe. So if we have light, a lot of light, it's beautiful. It's safe. Light is safe. Dark is scary. You know, where it's kind of like the darker shadows in us, our art reflects us. So for one, you are, um, I mean, that's a huge leap and I'm super excited thinking about you 
tapping into those darker areas and working with those values because you're not, you know, you may be looking at it as your product, but you're also, it's an artistic journey and going into those darker uh, areas, move through that fear. As you practice, you're going to work more on your strokes and you're going to change things and you're doing great. I, everybody's painting looked gorgeous. So, well, thank you. Thank we all thank you for saying uh, that. Well, I'm serious, believe me. Uh, I'm not very good at not telling the truth. <laughs> so, one thing I added, which, um, uh, somebody uh, I don't have the names because the images come through on just numbers basically, but what somebody asked was about framing. Now, what I did is I just added this little framing option thing. And what I do, since we are working on a a a 15 by 22 inch size sheet of paper, I don't know what that is, the international size right now. I'm afraid to, I was going to say something, but it was going to be wrong. So I wasn't going to say it. And uh, what I do is I would use a standard size frame if you want to frame your painting, which would be a 22 by 28. That That's a nice format. And then I usually would have to have the mat custom cut. So that way um, it would just adjust it to fit it the way I wanted it. Now, I was looking at some other online options. What I do is I would go to Cheap Pete's for myself right there. Let's see if we have this. Uh, the cheap peats right here, but they don't ship large size frames. So see, I would do the 20 by 28 and then have my custom cut mat. And I haven't really, uh, I don't usually do this online, but I thought I would give you this information. Now, I thought this place looked pretty good and but I, can't, I have not ordered from them, so I cannot um, and you can see these are small. You can get the size in there. You can fool around with it and gives you the idea. Also, this one looked like it might be okay too. And I'm gonna crop this down for you so we just see your image. So while I'm doing this, I'm going to uh, just let you know if you don't already know this, that if you're submitting a painting for a show, uh, a couple things. For one is you want to crop your image in. You don't want any external stuff. You don't want like your countertop or a fence or anything like that. This is not a show, but since I cropped it, might as well say it anyway. And uh, that's just one thing to think about. And I forgot the other thing. So that's okay. And I'm going through these very fairly quickly. And the reason why I'm doing this is I want you to have an immediate reaction because that way we're tapping into your creativity, your artistic side, instead of your analytical side. Your analytical side will decide what's working, what isn't working. And here, uh, what we're doing is just getting a response. Okay, they all look incredible. From what I'm seeing here, you have your whites and all of these hugely successful, all of them. Now, 
we're going to break them down because I'm going to look at your brush strokes. I'm going to look at your backgrounds and I'm going to look at your center and all that. So you've got a really cool background. This is a lot of space over here, a lot of space over there. So you've got to think about all your external space. And if you do decide that you want to have something, um, this is kind of moving away from what I wanted to talk about here, but let's say you have a composition, you've got your subject matter. This is a little bit off to the side, which works well. You've got a lot of space over there. You would have to intentionally um, think about it in your composition. So, and maybe you did here, but what I'm thinking about as the lesson is that this is a lot of space. This worked out beautifully. You've got a gorgeous flower there. This space can distract from the flower. So I'm going to go ahead and crop it in. That's why I am doing all that talking there. And let's focus on the flower just a little bit. I think I'd like to get more of that corner up there and I would fool around with it. I might crop it a little bit differently, bring this up. There's a few things I might do to fine tune it, but I wanna focus just on your flower at the moment. All right, it just changes the feeling, the emotion. Now we've got a little bit more of this dark over here. I might have a bit more of a transition there. I might transition it over there. So now see, I'm focused on your background instead of your flower. But looking at your flower, it's gorgeous. You know, your delicate strokes, the way you handled the shadow, even though this shadow is very light, very white underneath here, not much um, value. It still works nicely. It has a very delicate touch to it. And your center worked out beautifully. But you can see I spent too much time thinking about your background uh, over your flower. Like I always liked my indigo backgrounds. And one thing with the indigo here, we can see the challenge that you ran into, like where you're applying the stroke over here and it dried faster than you could work and then it didn't cover so much and then you're left with a little stroke. So one thing I would suggest if you're going to do this kind of background is to have your paper at a slight tilt and then as you apply your indigo, it's going to keep that little bead of water and then it's going to be able to travel a bit more without getting these dry lines. So that just comes with a little bit of practice. The other thing too is that we want to be careful if you notice you've got your strokes going in this direction and that direction of course you're going to have that because we're trying to get around those edges and again if you had your paper at a slight tilt working with that little bead of water down there you're going to be able to um, uh, carry that color a little more seamlessly let's see I'm going to go back a little bit so if you look at this how she has different variations she's got a little blue gray here a little more lavender you could have lavender you don't need to but here we've got a little more of that grayish color there and I just want you to keep that in mind like this petal here you could have maybe a little more stroke a tiny bit but you've got the idea you're absolutely on track and what was interesting, I'm thinking two things at the same time. Well, I'll go with your center here. Now the center could be cleaned up a little bit and have uh, like, even if you brought a little bit maybe of the yellow with a little permanent alizarin crimson into it, so you, or even the quinacridone magenta, like you have in this area here to get a bit more definition, you could uh, fine tune it if you wanted, but there's no need to do that right now. You can go ahead and do that later. In my painting, I thought about like, this is very effective right here. If I brought that over in this area, the same idea in here, that's gonna pop this up. 
And then if I started bringing that value down here a little bit more, that's going to lift this petal up a bit more. Now, one thing I just saw on Watercolor Live is uh, Kathleen Alexander, and she does gorgeous jobs uh, on her flowers, different than mine. She was more in Hawaii. In fact, she's moving here to California, and she's going to live up the coast from me. And um, she, I, I was surprised. I got to see that she started with her indigo background, and then she put a permanent sap green wash, which I'll do sometimes, you know, but... Uh, I liked how effective hers were. So that's something you could think about if you've got this um, indigo and you wanted to add greens to it. Not necessarily this painting, but I just want you to keep it in mind that if you wanted, you could go over it with indigo in some areas and that would change the tone. So for any of these paintings, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to do a whole nother painting like this if you want to experiment, experiment with what you have. I think of every painting as an experiment and I continue to work with it. Now, when she submitted this, I said, you know, your background seemed, it, it, it kind of competes with your flower because your flower is very delicate and she's got some wonderful edges up here. That's looking beautiful. I like that dissolved effect. So what she ended up doing is a glazing over with that indigo on top. I think this is a really excellent example of this. And she left some of this down here. So she had some of those shapes, but this has more of that. You can see how that just falls back. It moves off into the, into the distance. And then here, this is more in the foreground. So she did a beautiful job. And this is an excellent um a representation of what I was trying to talk about and a great fix just by glazing over it. Now she didn't need, I mean, you can glaze with one value over that, or you could glaze with a little indigo, more water, and then have variations. I'm going to take a look at that again so you can see the difference. I think that's huge. Now, one thing I'm going to uh, uh, draw to your attention too that, you know, all there's so many gorgeous paintings here, but you don't want to enter this into any shows because it's not your original design. And I've had problems with people doing this before. And in fact, I had, when I was doing uh, this as an in-person lesson, there was uh, one of my students that took it back to her organization, showed everybody, and she was really proud of it. And that was great. And then there was another student that um, berated her in front of all the students and saying that that was her design, her composition, and it wasn't. And then she eventually admitted to the student that she had taken one of my courses. So if you're going to enter into a show or anything like that, change your composition, use your own image, just, just so you know, because I don't want to have to contact you. I mean, one of my uh, very good friends came, uh, she, she took a class of mine, this is before she was a friend of mine, put it into a show, I had to contact her because another student contacted me saying it was in this fair show, uh, you know, in the fairgrounds. And um, I unfortunately had to contact her and she was incredibly embarrassed. And we don't like that. I don't want to embarrass anybody. And she took it, uh, it just made her feel terrible. But over the years, we have just built this incredible friendship. So just keep that in mind if you're going to enter it into a show. You want to turn it into your own composition. Use the idea 
and then turn, use your own reference material. And then here too, very loose, very fun. This works beautifully as a loose painting. If you want more control, then your brush is holding too much water. So then we would go to, I would suggest using a blend brush, or if you are using a blend brush, then what you would want to do is uh, take your brush, dip it on the side of the rinse bucket, remove some of the excess, tap it on a towel, and then you'll get more control over your stroke. And here, your flower is great. You've got a good job on your background. You've got a lot of space around your background. So this is a successful painting, but let's say we left all that space around it. Then the flower is just kind of way off in the distance. If we want to invite the viewer in, because right now we're telling the viewer this is a flower, but if we want to make it more intimate, then we're going to go ahead and crop it. So we're going to go ahead, bring it a little bit tighter in, remove some of that excessive background, and let's take a look at it, see if we can change the feeling of it. Okay, I'm just trying to minimize that background there, just a little bit, trying to get rid of that shape. We don't have to go dark everywhere, but that shape, I wanna break it up. Just a little bit. And if we do that, if we go darker in the background, then sometimes what that means is we do need to incorporate a little bit of that darker value back into the flower. So keep that in mind if that's something you're interested in doing. But what I would do is live with it for a while. It is a gorgeous painting. And uh, for any of these, you don't have to try to um, fix anything. Just live with it for a while. We can always go back to it. I want you to continue through the lessons as we go. When you um, glaze over, none of the paint seems to lift. When I glaze, I seem to be lifting paint away. Is there some trick to that? Is there some well, wonderful technique that oh, I yes. need to be thinking about? It's all wonderful. First of all, what paper are you using? I used um, a Winsor & Newton paper for, for this week's lesson, and I also have used uh, an Arches paper. Um, so is it not... a is it not absorbing as much on the Windsor Newton or is it just? So you are using a, a professional grade or does yes. it? Come? Okay. It's 140 pound. No, it's not 300 pounds. Okay. So, and what is your wash brush that you're, what, if you're using a synthetic brush that can lift the surface, that can lift. Okay. If you're using a blend brush, that'll be softer and it'll give you the control that we want. If you use a natural brush and that's it, it's going to be softer, but it's going to hold a lot of water. Okay. So that's how we get that, like those looser paintings. If they have, they either have a lighter touch, they're uh, loading their brush full of water. It either is a brush that has more natural hair or it's a blend brush, but um, they're not removing some of the extra water. If you press too hard, you yeah. could lift the previous layer. If okay. If you're applying a wash and if you're using a synthetic brush, it can lift it. So um, it might be synthetic. I'll look at it. I don't, I honestly don't remember. And it's not handy. I just take too much time going to get it. So, um, but now I know what to look for. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. There you go. Oops. I just have a quick question. If you do use a 140 pound paper, do you tape it to a board or not? I know a lot of artists do. I know some 
wet the background and then tape it before and you know before they start actually working um well see for the amount of water that i like to use i don't usually use the 140 i use the 300 and one thing i do for uh if i was going to work on 140 i would probably work in smaller sections not that large otherwise it can i think get out of control and get a little wobbly the other thing that uh you could attach it to a board i don't do that one thing I've got, which I've been experimenting with and enjoying for a different painting style. I don't know how this would work for what we have here, but what I have is an old drawing board. Actually, this drawing board came from an artist that I admired before I was even uh, painting. Uh, I looked at her watercolors. I thought, oh my gosh, if I could ever paint. And she had a garage sale. So I bought this. It was just, that was years ago. Anyway, this is a piece of plastic that I have on my table. And I cut it down to size like here. I can wet this, wet the back of the paper, and it's going to lay flat. So that might, might help you. I have to experiment with that for this painting style that we're doing. Okay. I just have to get down to Sarasota to buy a 300 pound. I thought I had more and I don't, but so I did my last one on the, the lighter, you know, the 140. You know, just use what you have, you know, and, but it's always fun to visit the art store. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear from you because you've got the work. Um, I think the workshop version, and I know Gail will tell me for sure. I hope, uh, of what you think. Yeah, so there's the workshop version and then there's the original version. So Gail, did you look at that yet? Or did she oh, just- I did. I've actually gone all the way through it and tried to finish it and it's driving me absolutely bat crazy. Okay. And I honestly think I liked the workshop better than the other one because I went back and forth. And so I think it's really helpful to use one right. or the other do not use them both at the same time because your brain will go wonky if it's anything like mine. So well, that's what I want to hear. I want to find out what works because I have the original version, which is the step-by-step -step broken, but the video is not as sharp. And then there is the workshop version that has every little thought in my head. And I think, and, but I need to know what works for everybody, you know? So actually, please, everybody let me know in the chat. Oh, and Linda, you have a, what do you think, Linda? Um, I actually thought that the, um, the workshop was good up until the background. And then when you got to the background, it was overwhelming how, how, how fast things were changing for me. So then I went into the other one and I said, that's better because it's slow. You're going slower in the background. But the one thing that kind of still bugged me was that you switched your paintings when you're doing the background. So I did it one way, added the dark, and then I see another painting and I go, no, I like that better. So I'm just like trying to go. I know. I like, how many paintings do I do? <laughs> well, that's all a very good point too, because with that, the well, you saw the original version, it has more of the detail, which we see. And then with the workshop version, we've got, uh, because the reason why we have those was because when I was traveling and I would have all those different, we had so much time and, and, and I had to fit it all in and we couldn't do all that little, little bits and pieces. So then there was the wet into wet. So yeah, I just, it's hard to find what 
you know, like I might have a preference, but I don't, I need to have you have the best learning experience. What works the best for you? Well, you were just talking about paper and uh, I had ordered 300 pounds, but it hadn't come yet. So, and I did have trouble with the paper, you know, it's all, I'll show you. It's all crinkly, you know, see what I mean? I couldn't get it flat. So that's why I had so much trouble with the background. So I am going to, you know, I, I'll have to check and see when that's coming because I don't want to do the 140 paper anymore. I want it because I am used to the 300. Well, with your 300, spray the back of it and just curl it back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, just wet it. It's not that delicate. <laughs> I usually use a block, you know. When oh, okay. I, so, but I don't think they have blocks at 300, do they? I think they do. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll check on that too. And Gail, are you waving to me? Or are you trying to say? I something? am. I just want to tell um, Janice that my solution to this, I used 140 because currently that was all I had and it rippled up the band. So what I did is I took my ironing board out between layers and ironed the back. I mean, I sprayed oh, okay. the back of it and just very lightly iron it and it straightened out. Otherwise, I would have ripped it up a long time ago. I don't know if I'll help you, but the iron was my godsend. My, I was working with 140 paper, too, because, again, that's what I have. And I just, after I was finished, I sprayed the back lightly and then put some books on top of it. And it, it flattened right out. It, it, you'd never know it was crinkled. It's interesting how that works. So I think the, either the spraying or the ironing is a good idea. Oh, Okay. So when you say, you know, we have it forever to look, go back and look at, that's already done. I don't have to worry about doing that. Yeah, you just log in and you can see it. And then Sue, you had a... Yeah. If if you feel feeling insecure about taking on this project or this course, the the nice, calm teacher voice <laughs> and the, you know, the, the focused, you know, small chunks is probably better than the dynamic... You know, roll the, roll the dice <laughs> workshop version oh, because they both a- they both have their advantages. But I always I would start with the calm, presented, very patient and loving voice. <laughs> well, that concludes today's episode, and I hope that you had fun eavesdropping in one of our meetings here. We always have a lot of fun. And if you're interested in joining one of our online courses, just go to beergoodoconnor.com. So until next time, have fun and happy painting.